And now for something completely different. Here's what's coming up this hour on today's experience. It's Expository Thursday. Expository Thursday. As we work together to know the letter better into the book of Acts and into the narrative of the book of Acts, we travel to understand what things the Lord requires of us as we learn to apply God's timeless truths in our lives. First, how incredible is the book of Isaiah? How was this eunuch directed to Jesus? He was directed to Jesus through the book of Isaiah and the prompting of the Holy Spirit. So the eunuch in the book of Acts, he's like, he's directed towards Jesus because he's reading Isaiah. Oh, that is so good. The eunuch was not, by the way, sexually confused, as some ridiculous false theologians try to argue. The eunuch was a powerful and wealthy position that men— Yes, men took to gain an advantage in society. You know what? Not everything's about sex. So we should just knock that stuff off. He was just trying to grab power. Power was important. Next, the Holy Spirit said to Philip, uh, the church is so afraid to say this now because we think that we hear things or that other people who say they hear the Holy Spirit, they're wackadoodles. <laughs> Lily Thompson, yeah. From Laughlin. Oh, how bad? How far am I going back? Lily Tomlin. Sorry. From Laughlin. From Laughlin. From Laughlin. Okay. Rowan and Martin's Laughlin. Did you ever hear that, by the way? You ever? You, okay. You know, suck it to me. Suck it to me. Anyway, uh, he, she said it the best. We talk to God. That's called prayer. God talks to us. That we call schizophrenia. See, that's funny. The Holy Spirit has spoken, is speaking, and will always speak. How do you know that? The Word of God written by the Holy Spirit lasts forever. That's how you know. Finally, there here is a huge key to sharing our faith. It's so simple, it's scary. Get ready. This is the big one. This will require thousands of hours of education and training. But the payoff is worth it. Here's the key, the most brilliant tactic ever to bringing the gospel into other people's lives. Here it is. Even if you're not an evangelist, get ready. Oh, here we go. We need to, oh boy, I can't hold this back any longer. We need to ask questions. That's right. Just ask questions. David Spoon's life has been an experience. While growing up in a Jewish family, he made a wrong turn towards drug abuse. Then David Spoon found Jesus Christ, and his life completely changed. The more he studied the gospel, the more he wanted to share his experiences with others. After 35 years of ministry, David discovered a new path of service. He joined KAAM, and this radio program began. You're about to hear the David Spoon Experience. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. Here's what else we're looking at during the show. Lessons for surviving, living, and prevailing. Politics, entertainment, and current events. Personal revelations. Spiritual observations. My life's insanity is an oeve. So much more. Hey, we're asking you, what do you think? Now, you can email us during the show, david at hemustincrease.org. That's david at hemustincrease.org. You can text us during the show, 214-210-8483. I'm required to say that much slower because I say things too fast, right? So, here we go. 214-210-8483. 
And now for those who really do want to hear it fast, do one for two for thirty. Okay. Just want to give those people that opportunity as well. Also, you can call 972-445-0770. That's 972-445-0770. When you do that, you get to talk to Captain Chris. I want to say this. When you talk to Captain Chris, it's like this. It's like going surfing and catching your first wave, and you're doing the whole thing in Maui. Whoa! And then you will be... In your entire life, if anybody thinks of you and thinks of Maui, you should just say thank you, Jesus. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say right there because that would be a huge <laughs> wham. Oh, wow. Talking to Captain Chris like being a Maui. Okay. Uh, here's the bottom line. If you have an opinion, a thought, a question, or a comment, we want you to be able to reach out to us. If it's a praise report, fantastic. If it's a prayer request, Fantastic. The reason that's fantastic is we can be brothers and sisters together. I'm not asking you to, to join this church, that church, whatever. I'm asking you to, jo- to join his church, which is the Lord's church. And it's like uh, I talk to people on a pretty regular basis, and they're like, well, there's a lot of bad churches. Yes, there are. <laughs> Congratulations. I mean, that's, that's not the, there's a lot of bad restaurants. That doesn't mean I stop going out to eat. There's a lot of bad cars. Doesn't mean I don't drive. There's a lot of bad shows. It doesn't mean I don't watch any of them. You know what I'm saying? It's like that doesn't one thing has nothing to do with the other. Find the right place. Get there. Be in a fellowship. This is a fellowship on the radio, on the air, where there is no denominational stand. Uh, the stand is in the blood of Jesus Christ. It's just what we do. We're we're a Psalm 11964. I'm a companion to all them that fear him. That that's what we do. And that's what we want to do, and that's how we want to keep it. So if you want to reach out to us, you can do that with a prayer request, with a praise report, with a question, or with an answer to trivia. Can you do the answer to trivia? Okay, here we go. Now, I've asked this question before. Brother Ace called in, and he, he, he gave the part right answer. So I'm not saying he's going to call in again, but I'm just saying give another shot on this. Why did Adam call his wife Eve? Okay. Why did Adam call his wife Eve? Okay. I'm just going to leave that right there. Uh, If you think you know, I just want to say, I just want to say thank you to Al. Al has given the first response to the question. His first response was Peter. (laughs) Al's response. (laughs) Why did Adam call yeah, why did he call her Eve? And Al's response was Peter. <laughs> very good. <laughs> oh, my goodness. They let us do this too, right? Well, as long as they let us keep talking about the gospel, and then when they stop doing that, we won't be doing the show, I guess. Uh, 972-445-0770. Uh, that's the number to call in. 214-210-8483 is the text. And then David at hemusincrease.org. That is the email. Somebody ready to answer the trivia questions? Send them on through. Knock, knock. This is David. Who am I talking to? Hey, Will Rogers, how are you? Well, except for the heat, I'm doing great. Uh, you, I am doing better. I got to say that as hot as it was the last four, today is like a cool break because it's only getting to 100 versus the 106. I can really feel that difference. Okay, no, I can't. <laughs> I know. Once it goes past 95, I'm going, what is going on? <laughs> 
All right, my friend. Why did Adam call his wife Eve? That is correct, Amundo. Exact, Amundo, too. She would be the mother of all the living. So the only thing that she would not be is the mother of Adam, which is really, if you think about it, Adam's the only person she was not the mother of. It's like, wow, that's pretty amazing. So, yes, and then we'll give uh, Mark Twain his props for saying the big thing that both Adam and Eve escaped was teething. Okay, that is true. So, excellent job. <laughs> all right, you too. I'll talk to you. God bless. Uh, all right. Well, we have fun. All right. Uh, I got to do the. I still have to do teaching, right? <laughs> you do teach on the show, right? Yeah. Oh, I do want to give a book recommendation. I don't do that, right, very often. I want to give a book recommendation. So do not get overly excited. Most of you uh, have either heard about this book or whatever. It's not a kind of a new thing or anything. But I was going through some of my notes from my past professors, and then I realized that uh, Professor or Dr. Adam McClendon had wrote a book called Back to the Basics, Square One. It's a really good book to just get the basics, you know, nailed down of the Christian faith. And I actually sent a little portion of it to Sergio to help him kind of understand things. So if you're a person that's like, I do have a faith, I do understand, but I certainly like to have it laid out in a sequential way so I can really, you know, get maybe a little bit better handle on it. That book by Dr. Adam uh, McClendon or Professor Adam, I called him Professor A, so I guess that's okay. It's just called uh, Back to the Basics, Square One. That's what it's called, Back to the Basics, Square one. It's not something you need to go out and purchase right away, but if you're like, hey, you know, I would like a book like that, a primer like that, that's a really good book. So I want to encourage you to do that. All right. Let's, uh, we've just completely ruined our timing anyway. So let's uh, do our expository teaching, our most important and most expensive sound clip. Wow. <laughs> wow. All I can say is wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. All I can say is, wow. <laughs> How do you feel about that? Wow. Wow. <laughs> All righty. Acts chapter 8. There's uh, two words for us. Therapy. Uh, Acts chapter 8, verse 26. As for Philip, an angel of the Lord said to him, go south down to the desert road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he did, and he met the treasurer of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under the queen of Ethiopia. The eunuch had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and he was now returning, and seated in his carriage, he was reading aloud from the book of the prophet Isaiah. So there's a couple things to tell you to kind of lay a little groundwork. So an angel of the Lord. So you know, many times in Acts, the Holy Spirit speaks to somebody. In this case, an angel spoke to him. You're thinking, well, why? I don't know. <laughs> so you could come up with all the theological, who knows? Maybe he needed a little extra, or maybe just the angel was hanging out over there. I don't know. And you might want to try and come up with an answer with it. Does it matter? Here's the thing about angels, okay? Keep a good balance. Angels are involved. They are ministers to the heirs of salvation. That's you, okay? But they're not, uh, they're not gophers for the ministers 
and the heirs of salvation. They don't go for this and go for that. Oh, angel, oh, my money angel, go get this. Or, oh, my uh, comfort angel, go get this. Like, all that stuff is absolutely rubbish, trash, stupid, dumb, forget that. Doesn't. So have a good balance when it comes to dealing with angels. Angels are totally, it's awesome, it's cool, but don't get fixated. They're not God. That's number one. Number two, the road from Jerusalem to Gaza, uh, t- you know, it says, uh, the Lord, the angel of the Lord said to him, go south down the desert road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza. That was about a 50 miles, a 50 mile road. It's not like a soft little, like, you know, three minute jaunt. This is a journey, right? All right. And so, uh, and then Philip went and he did what he was uh, supposed to do. And this is one of the things that I think is funny, but I don't think we always catch it. And that is this. It's, it's after he was told to do this, he did it. Now you think, wait, what are you trying to say, Dave? He did what the Holy Spirit told him to do. The Holy Spirit said to Philip, you know, do this, do this, and he did it. And you think, well, that seems so simple. No, it's not, because the Lord tells us to do things all the time, and we don't always understand what it is we're doing, even though he has a plan. So the Lord tells him, go south, go down the road, uh, you're going you're gonna to do this, you're going to do this, but he doesn't give him everything that's going to break down, and he's going to get there, and he doesn't know every nuance. And if the Lord tells you to do something and you don't understand it, you still do it. Because the Lord told you to do it. It's not a matter of uh, him revealing the entire plan. It's a matter of you being obedient. Even if it seems like it's, what's the word I want to use? Even if it seems, well, that's kind of risky. You talk to somebody I don't know. I understand. But if the Lord is telling you to do it, you do it. And you don't sit there and try and say, well, I'll do it, but show me everything. No. You do it or you walk funny. That's how it goes. In other words, we obey. And so, you know, in the King James, it says he arose and went, which is kind of where I came up on that whole thing. All right, so we're going to take our break, come back, and then I'm going to get into this, what I think is one of the most important things about sharing your faith because this is where it's found. So we will take a break and then come back. You are listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break, don't go anywhere. This KAAM radio show with your very own David Spoon is not a business, but a nonprofit ministry first and foremost committed to sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and strategically equipping the saints. Our mission is to educate, encourage, and entertain Christian believers, the hurting, and those not yet believers who need biblical truths. To continue our radio ministry and message of truth, we need many of our faithful listeners to support us, as well as ministry partners who might wish to sponsor the He Must Increase ministry. By giving, you wonderfully facilitate our priorities of assertively teaching the Word of God, and you get nothing in return. No quid pro quo. Nothing but a receipt at the end of the year indicating you gave to us since your donation is 100% tax-deductible. Remember that it says in Corinthians that whoever sows generously will also reap generously, or in Proverbs where it teaches that a generous person will prosper, whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. But if you cannot give, no problem. Continue to enjoy and learn and give however you see fit whenever you can. To support us, go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. 
Such support is terribly appreciated, knowing it enables our beloved David Spoon to give to all of us his time, energy, like so few can. Right here on KAAM. What is the David Spoon Experience? Prayer request? HeMustIncrease.org Praise report? HeMustIncrease.org Looking to give to this ministry? HeMustIncrease.org Confused by what's happening right now? HeMustIncrease.org HeMustIncrease.org That is great! You see, now that, you cannot, I mean, that's compared to a spring and a bouncy thing. So you jumped off the, the dock and then blew up. Right? See how I can. That one was really good. Okay. Uh... Oh, relax. Uh, history. Let's do history real quickly. Let's go lift in the past. Let's go lift in the past. All right. Uh, I don't know how to do this one. You know how yesterday we didn't have the best one? Right? Okay. First of all, it's National Battery Day. Okay, well, that's oh, fine. I love batteries. You love batteries? I mean, it's so great. <laughs> I, just, I don't even know. I don't even know how to comment to that. I love batteries. They're so great. Which one? The silver ones? The gold ones? Which oh, ones? Oh, I mean, I don't know if I could pick a favorite. I just don't know. And then also, uh, it's uh, <laughs> Thumb Appreciation Day. I love having thumbs. <laughs> Uh, what do you like more, batteries or thumbs? Oof, tough call. Okay. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAMAN, the truth station. KAAMAN, the truth station. KAAMAN, the truth station here in Texas. Can't miss that, can you? I was reading my devotions today. Three times in Mark 9, three times Jesus referenced to hell. He made a reference that's in Isaiah. Three times. People are like, well, Jesus didn't talk about hell. It's like, where the worm is does not where the worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. Three times. When has Jesus ever quoted something three times in a row? Yeah, okay. Uh, anyway, uh, just remember when we're doing text and stuff, I'm just having fun with people. Okay? I just do that. Sometimes I will say something sarcastic in a text. Don't take it personal. No, or take it personal. That's funny. <laughs> That's funny, too. Uh, here's our trivia question. <laughs> poor, poor Chris. Uh, okay, here you go. Now, you guys should get this because there's a trazillion churches with this name. According to Genesis 35, what name did Jacob give to the place where God spoke with him? Okay. What name? And and the answer is not church, since they just said there's a bazillion. Okay. According to Genesis 35, what name did Jacob give to the place where God spoke to him? Spoke with him. Spoke to him. It should be, yeah, I guess it spoke with him or to him or both. Either way. Uh, if you think you know the answer, see, that's an interesting one. Says, but it is it is specifically Genesis uh, 35. So that, that would help. 
Uh, Roger getting striking right away. Eric striking right away. By the way, got to pray again for Roger. We got to pray for him and for a few other people. So we'll do that uh, after I read this off. Uh, you can call us at 972-445-0770. That's the number you can call in. You can text in 214-210-8483 or send an email, david at he must increase. Dot org. According to Genesis 35, what name did Jacob give the place where God spoke with him? Okay, all right. Think about that because there's a specific name. Now, it's not. Uh, it's the. I'm looking for the name we would use. <laughs> I guess that's a way to say that. All right, let's pray. I want to pray for everybody real quickly. So just join your faith. You guys got great faith, and you join it, and we'll join it together. And I want to pray for uh, Roger again and for some of the other people. I got something specific I want to pray, so let's pray. Father, we come before you right now. We lift up our brother Roger again. We just ask you, Lord, to bless him, physically touch him, touch Gary, touch Ace. I know that Joanne's going through a little bit of stuff there. We ask you to touch her. And we ask you, to, of course, to touch the marriages that are of our fellowship, that people are having a hard time and uh, not operating maybe in the greatest spirit. And certainly, uh, uh, we are a people that need to grow in grace. And your word teaches us to grow in the grace and in the knowledge. And so, Lord, the prayer for everybody in large is for us to learn to grow in grace. We're not there yet, Lord. We have a long way to go. And then for these marriages, that you would pour out your grace on these people. And for the healings, that you would do that very same thing and bring your graciousness into people's physical bodies. Bring your grace into their lives and bring healing into them. Let them receive that. Let them say yes. And let them believe, Lord. Faith goes a long way and it pleases you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Okay. I'm only saying that because there's just no way we're going to hit these time marks. I just like, it's so far out. It's unbelievable. According to Genesis 35, what name did Jacob give to the place where God spoke to him, spoke with him? Uh, please do not comment the village in. Okay. <laughs> That's a restaurant. That's the wrong thing. Uh, all right. So I have this joke. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm not hesitant to do the joke, but I have to set part of it up. The second part of the joke is hilarious. Okay, so there's two. You got the buzzer ready? Is it? Are you ready now? This is a joke. Now, it's a joke, people. So if somebody hears this and I get some kind of ridiculous email that says, that's like a curse, I'm going to block that person forever because they're cursed with something much worse than that. Uh, so this one is called a recession version of Psalm 23. Does that make sense? It's a version. <clears throat> you might even say it's a kind of a liberal version of uh, – okay, it's a liberal version of Psalm 23. That ought to solve everything. Uh, here we go. Ready? This is a joke. The politician is my shepherd. I am in want. He makes me lie down on park benches. He leads me beside still factories. He disturbs my soul. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of depression and recession, I anticipate no recovery, for he claims he's with me and he's not. He prepares a reduction in my salary in the presence of my enemies. He anointeth my small income with great losses. My expenses runneth over. Surely unemployment and poverty shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in a mortgaged house forever. <laughs> that's pretty good. I think that's funny. I'm sorry. You know, somebody doesn't like it. But this one, 
That's right. I got to do this one. This is brilliant. A young girl of the house, uh, a young girl in the house, by the way of punishment for doing something wrong, was compelled by her parents to eat dinner alone at a little table in the corner of the dining room. The rest of the family paid no attention to her presence until they heard her audibly praying over her food with these words. I thank thee, Lord, for preparing a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. (laughs) Come on! That is hilarious. I don't care. All right. According to Genesis 35, what name did Jacob give the place where God spoke with him? If you think you know the answer, 972-445-0770. Or you can text in at 214-210-8483. And then you can send an email, david, at he must org. We'll probably go mega long on this, eh, so that's all right. Uh, let's uh, get ready for our next section. Did I miss anything? Are we, is there something I'm missing? Even if somebody's calling in, so I guess I'm missing that. <clears throat> be, this is the thing. You got to just be nimble. You know what I'm saying? Be nimble. You don't have to be a, a, a rhyme. You just have to be nimble. Does that make sense? I was nimble yesterday, right? It's getting harder with the extra weight. <laughs> I just want to point that out. All right. Somebody ready to answer the trivia question? Ball, oh, send them on through. Knock, knock. This is David. Who am I talking to? Hey, I'm doing good, Gary. I appreciate you asking. I am really doing good. And uh, uh, I've been praying for you. And I just want you to know that, that you are on our hearts and minds. We just want the Lord to really bless you. So I just want you to be blessed to know people thinking of you. Okay? We appreciate that. All right. I need you to need you to give the people the right way right here. According to Genesis 35, what name did Jacob give the place where God spoke with him? That is correct, Amundo. Excellent, excellent, excellent. That is such a key. And, and that's why there's so many churches named Bethel, because it's the place where God meets people. That's why they, they tag that name. And it's like, excellent, excellent job. And I just... You know, I think that's uh, what an experience where you go out and then they're like, wait, the Lord is here. It's like, wow. It's like, I think that's kind of a uh, jarring for a person. Like, I had no idea. You know, that's amazing. Yep. Amen, brother. Thank you so much. The Lord bless you. Bye bye. All right. Great, great call. Great brother. All right. So. Oh, I got to go through this next part. Okay, this is kind of important too. All right, so, and I want to make sure you didn't misunderstand one part that I kind of brought in, so I'll just redo it real fast. As for Philip, the angel of the Lord said to him, Go south. <laughs> go west? Oh, yeah, no, no, no. Go south, down the desert road uh, that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he did. I forgot to read that part. You know, that's when I was saying he did what he was told. And he met the treasurer of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Queen. The queen of Ethiopia, which would have been Candace, by the way. The eunuch had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and he was now returning. Seated in the carriage, he was reading aloud from the book of the prophet Isaiah. It's a couple of really fascinating things that most people will perhaps miss. Now, remember, I told you I'm a manifold millennialist. That means that I think that there's accuracy in premillennialism, 
all millennialism and postmillennialism, and all three of those. Here is a great statement for premillennialists who could really catch why this is uh, amazing that there is a eunuch returning. In the Old Testament, a eunuch could not go into the temple of God, just so you can know. In the millennium, so in Deuteronomy 23.1, it says that. In the millennium, we're talking about the thousand-year reign, if you're a premillennialist, right? The eunuchs can go in the temple. <laughs> it's like just one of those little things that they go, oh, that's kind of cool. It's like they couldn't then, but they can now, and it's because it's the future reign and so on and so forth. I just think for those that are premillennialists, you'd be like, going, oh, yeah, that, that's cool. That's cool. That's cool. I love stuff like that. Anyway, so here's the eunuch. He's under Candace. She's the queen mother. Uh, she had the authority to run the country day by day power. And so uh, Philip is told by the Holy Spirit to go. Again, uh, you go. the Holy Spirit said to Philip, verse 29, so first an angel tells him to hit the road, then it's the Holy Spirit. And some people say, well, are those the same? It's like, I don't think so. I mean, I think the angel's on one part of it, and the Holy Spirit's finishing off the process, uh, telling you how to get specific. The Holy Spirit says to Philip uh, to go over and walk along besides the carriage. What I want you to catch first is that the eunuch is reading the book of Isaiah. And I don't think we understand that in the book of Isaiah, he's reading this, and he comes across this part where it's talking about Jesus. And the eunuch is going to ask him the question, is this the author? Or is this somebody else he's talking about or whatever? But I want you to see, without any uh, cloud, how the Old Testament leads people who are genuinely seeking God, it leads people to Jesus. Because in this encounter, there is no New Testament. There is no—I mean, the letters aren't written yet. I mean, in fact, the truth of the matter is Paul's not even saved yet. We have to go another chapter to get there. So he's still Saul. And the idea—and there's very little circulating. And the Lord is moving upon people, and the Holy Spirit's been poured out. And you find out that there's all of these things in the Old Testament that are pointing towards Jesus. See, the entire Old Testament points towards the cross and the resurrection, and the entire New Testament points backwards to the cross and to the resurrection, because in the economy of God, the real central point of time is the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. And so the whole Old Testament points forward, the whole New Testament is pointing backward to this specific event that everything hinges on. So he's reading Isaiah— and it's, it's just marvelous because he's, he's engaged, and the Lord is going to open his eyes. He's already opened the eunuch's eyes enough for the eunuch to know something else going on around it. This isn't the normal stuff. So then the Holy Spirit tells Philip, walk alongside the carriage. Now, I, I have a problem here, not with the Scripture, just with the scene in my mind. The carriage moves faster than somebody walking. <laughs> so my attitude, I don't know if this is true, I will ask when I get up there, is that if Philip is going to walk alongside the carriage, he's going to have to have a little giddy up in his step because <laughs> his carriage is moving faster than normal people walk. I just see the go up and walk along the carriage. I mean, he's got to be doing a power walk or something. That's just how I think of it because he's walking alongside of it. When we come back, I will show you the single most important principle 
on witnessing that you have ever – I mean it's just the most important thing for any of us to grasp and to understand. And we don't have to be evangelists. We just have to learn one small principle. That's what we'll do. Uh, you're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. But I want to get this specific scripture, and it's really important. It's Romans chapter 4, verse 18 through 21. It says this, Against all hope, Abraham, in hope, believed, and so became the father of many nations, just as it was said, so shall your offspring be. Without weakening in his faith, his faith he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead. Hey, it was not... Uh, impossibility. God gave him a promise when he was 75. It didn't get to fulfilled until he was 100. 25 years between promise and fulfillment. God made sure he was good and dead before the promise came about so that when Isaac was born, everybody knew it's amazing. It's a miracle. Exactly. And and it wasn't that Abraham didn't know he was ha- he was old. He faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about 100 years old, 99 before the conception took place, and that Sarah's womb was also dead. Verse 20, yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised. It doesn't say that Abraham went through this and turned around and yelled at God and complained. He gave glory to God. He knew God could do this. And he believed that the promise that God had given him was important. And he held on to that even though facing the fact the circumstance was completely wiped out. Guess what? God showed up. I'm telling you right now, you can tell me all you want about circumstances and situations and your feelings and your processes, but I am telling you, when God shows up, according to Scripture and according to testimony, to the law and to the testimony, the Scripture says, to the prophets and to the testimony, here's what you got to be aware of. When God shows up, changes everything. And you're thinking, well, will that happen for Easton Scott? I hope so. But guess what? If my daughter spends her whole life believing and Easton's whole life believing that God can step in and this can change and that may yet happen, she's not done a bad thing. She's raised a child with this gracious hope. If God decides not to do that, instead of complaining about it, it's about giving glory to God, believing that he knows what is in our best interest, even when we don't understand. And yes, I get it. There are tough things. I went through a a, a myriad of tough things, and I'm surprised. First of all, I'm surprised that I'm still alive. Second of all, I'm surprised that the Lord brought me through any of them. I don't deserve it. I'm not worthy of it. But he did it anyway. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Get ready because this is a wonderful trivia question. According to the book of Revelation, and I'm going to give some space in this 
Okay? I'm telling you right now. I'm giving you a little space. You don't have to do this perfect. According to the book of Revelation, what does the names Alpha and Omega mean? What do they stand for? What's the what's the connotation? What's what's going on there? If you think you know the answer, you can call in 972-445-0770. You can text in 214-210-8483, or you can send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. We're going to send you up to the website. Two things to tell you on the website. Don't hesitate to be an ambassador for the show, whether through brochures or just sharing about the show. I don't care. Just share. Yeah, do that. And then uh, money. Money is always a good thing. We hate asking for it. You need it. That's how it goes. Uh, we need it. That's how it goes. We're not uh, broke. Uh, I'm not so broke I can't pay attention. <laughs> Come on. Hey, hey. We're here all Saturday and Sunday. No, no. Anyway, the point is uh, money is very helpful for the ministry. It helps us do things. And especially if we're looking to expand, which at some point we are looking to expand, not uh, anything – you know, keeping it here, but then just expanding the audience. Uh, we need your help to do that. So check out hemustincrease.org. Prayer request? Hemustincrease.org. Praise report? Hemustincrease.org. Looking to give to this ministry? Hemustincrease.org. Confused by what's happening right now? Hemustincrease.org. Hemustincrease.org. <laughs> I'm waiting. I'm waiting. You tell me that was it? That's all you're getting. It's like a, opening up a Reese's thing and only having one cup. <laughs> as opposed you're to still the, getting one. Oh, that's true. All right. All right, somebody ready to answer the trivia question? Send them on through. <laughs> knock, knock. This is David. Who am I talking to? Hi, Deborah. How are you? Uh, I'm doing good. It was a very nice thing for you to say about Joanne. And uh, Cordelia yesterday. So that was very, very sweet of you. I just want to let you know I appreciate that. Okay. All right, here you go. Ready? I'm going to give you some room in this because uh, there's a straight answer, but there's a kind of a roundabout answer, and I would go with either one. According to the book of Revelation, what do the names Alpha and Omega mean? That is correct, Amundo! First and last... Beginning and end, so it kind of depends on your translation. Uh, a to Z, I would I would I would have taken that too because it's actually alpha is the first letter and omega is the last in the in the alphabet. So I mean the Greek alphabet. So I would have gone with any of those. But excellent job! And I'm just going to ask you that that seemed like less of a guess and more of a no. Was that a correct? You knew that. Yes, I did. All right, there you go. <laughs> All right. And we're still praying for Susie. So let let Susie know that we're still praying for her as well, as well as you too, okay? Oh, well, thank you. And I just wanted to say that uh, I also pray for Eric and Gary and everybody in the audience, uh, even the ones I don't know the names of. <laughs> you know, that that's that's what you do. You know, see, I can't remember everybody's name every single time, so I just say, and all those rest of the people. Because... <laughs> Yeah, the Lord knows. <laughs> All right. Thanks. God bless you. Bye-bye. And that's the thing. The Lord knows. I mean, you got to just, you know, you're not praying. But you're taking time in your communion with the Lord to bring up other people. Okay. What am I missing? Am I missing? I'm missing something. Oh, yeah, history. I knew I was missing something. Don't say it. I know what you were going to say. I think I know what you were going to say. What are you missing? Cranium in there and the... <laughs> okay. Uh, history. Let's do history. Let's go later. 
All right, nobody's going to appreciate this, and just because I'm being honest about it, I happen to like this. It's National Junk Food Day. I appreciate junk food. <laughs> Come on. It's like, oh, you're not. what are you going to do? I don't think I'm going to go get this. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's now. Nah, I don't know how to deal with this. It's uh, This one's normal, National Tug of War Tournament Day. Remember Tug of War? It used to be fun back in the day, didn't it? Or did you National not? Tug of War Tournament Day? Well, I guess they have tournaments or something. Very specific. That is pretty specific. You know what? I didn't even think about that. We're going to have to cross that off our list. Okay. How about this one? I, I guarantee very few people have heard this. Okay. Take a monkey to lunch day. <laughs> but can I get it drunk? Uh, only, yeah, if you use the $3 million from the government, you can. For drunk monkeys. Uh, just like so bizarre. It's so weird, right? Uh, let's see, 1969, uh, Neil Armstrong, Buzz Aldrin became the first humans to set foot on the moon. Let me just say this real quickly. That we know of. <laughs> oh, I'm kidding. That's a joke. And then remember how we did the, the hottest day, uh, 130 whatever degrees in Death Valley, 136 whatever. In 1983 on this day was the coldest day on record, okay, in Vostok, Antarctica, 120 Nine degrees below zero. That's beach weather. I'm telling you. We could use a small wave of that <laughs> right here and right now. But it's amazing that the, the difference between the hottest and the coldest are only a few degrees. It's like, that's just weird. I think stuff like that's weird. Okay. All right. All right. Now we get into the text. Everybody take a deep breath. I don't know if I'm going to break or not, so we'll just have to see how this goes. So this is the most important thing. When you become a Christian— you make this decision, okay? Okay. Uh, you make this decision, you're going to follow the Lord. And then every person who does that, at some point as they're going along, says this, you know, I want to be like you, I want to reflect you, and, you know, all that. You know what I'm saying? So, okay, here's... <laughs> Eric's giving me a hard time for that joking line. <laughs> you didn't say that about people. I did, I did. Okay, anyway, uh, so here's the thing. You want to be like Jesus, so now God puts you in circumstances that make you like Jesus, and then, of course, everybody complains about it. Well, I didn't ask for this. I just asked to be like Jesus. Okay, so forget all that. And then then in this process, you know that you're supposed to carry with you on your feet the gospel of peace. What does that mean, you take the gospel of peace on, on your feet? It means wherever you walk, wherever you go, you take the gospel with you. And that purpose is for you to be able to share that gospel. The biggest problem we have in our country is everything that we do is a production or a show. Look at this, is a show. We have a production. It's the same kind of thing. And, and people think that when they witness or share or communicate their faith, it has to be some production or some kind of show. And Scripture makes it clear. None of that stuff is true at all, at all. It's all a lie where the enemy does that so that you feel like, oh, that's just too much for me. Now, this is not for me to say that every person is is in the office of evangelists. My particular ministry that I've, you know, I've had the privilege of having the opportunity to lead people to make first-time decisions for, for Jesus— uh, who have never made that decision before, but I've had a lot more opportunities to help people make second-time decisions or rededications or recommitments to their faith, and I've spent much more of my personal time in an Apollos-style ministry than I have in a Paulinian-style ministry. Why? Well, I don't know. I guess in the beginning, the first 
five years, it was much more Arthur Blessed type of ministry, and everybody that I came across got witness to. And I just, I didn't even, I didn't even wait. I just, I was turn and burn kind of guy. You know, I just told everybody. Then as I was developing in the Lord and growing in the Lord, for me, my faith seemed to play out in helping people to keep going and to, 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 uh, to sustain in the faith, to maintain that faith. That's how. Uh, so that's more of an Apollos. So how do you know that one's Paul and one's Apollos? In the scripture that that Paul writes, he says that Paul planted and Apollos watered, but God gives the growth. So Paul was the one who put the seed in there. Apollos was the one who took that seed and matured or helped mature that seed. But it didn't matter on either end because neither one of them were God and it didn't matter. So, I mean, that, that's the whole premise behind that. So here you have Philip, and he, he comes across a eunuch. Now, it's not like the, you know, Philip's got the, a little track in his hands. He doesn't have the Romans road. It hasn't been <laughs> Romans hasn't been written yet. <laughs> there is no Romans road. He doesn't have a Jack Chick track in his hand where he can say, "Here's the four spiritual laws." That's not what happened. And therein lies kind of a a failure on our part. Now, I'm not sure it's as much the church part as individual parts, where we don't see that the Lord doesn't need any of that stuff. He never has needed that. He uses it. He just doesn't need it. And so here you have verse, uh, the verse 28 says, as he was now uh, returning, seated in his carriage, he was reading aloud from the book of the prophet Isaiah. We already talked about it. So here's this guy. He's kind of inquiring, reading the book of Isaiah, trying to figure out what's going on. Verse 29, the Holy Spirit said to Philip, go over and walk along besides the carriage. Now, I just want to point out that's very specific. We just talked about the fact that I think he had to have a power walk going. That's just my opinion. But uh, he's walking along the the chariot or the carriage and he he hears the man it says philip ran over and heard the man reading from the prophet isaiah so he get ready here it is he asked this is everything you've learned let me put it down to this you know what philip did he asked okay go home that's the whole that's every that's all of it do you understand what you are reading in other words he asked a question hey you get this <laughs> you follow this you get you get it along with this it's it, we have these formulas and we have all these different brilliant things and it's like hey here's a great idea if you ask a question to somebody and you ask politely and you're not um and you don't have a megaphone in your hand, you're not screaming in their face, they're, they're very likely to answer you. <laughs> See, it's called asking questions. And the big theology and the big all there's nothing wrong with the proclamation of it. Don't understand. I'm talking to those of you who don't feel comfortable doing that. Like, I don't really feel yeah, but you can ask questions. I think the two great questions, you know, I was talking to the uh, – Keith was our the landlord of our home, and we were talking. He they do different things at his churches, and he's with the Billy Graham Evangelistical Association. And I just gave him uh, one of the things that came out of that back to the basics square one book, the two questions: Do you believe in heaven? And most people say, "Oh, I'm not sure." Da, da, da. Well, if you if you do believe, or if you do believe in heaven, how do you think you get there? <laughs> it's just like that just opens up nine trillion doors because the conversation can go anywhere, and you can just keep asking questions. 
Well, I'm not sure. Well, what do you think? What do you think most people know how to get? I mean, you just keep asking, and you can just do that all day long. All Philip did was ask. You don't have to be a theologian. Just ask somebody. The greatest thing about witnessing is is the worst thing about witnessing is what we've made it. The greatest thing about witnessing is how really easy it is. We've made witnessing to be a very specific ministerial concept that you have to do a certain amount of presentations and make a certain amount of point. And if you don't have a piece of paper and a graphic so you can show the bridge between God and humanity, you're not doing it right. That, that, that's what the church has come up with. Well, those are helpful. Do you know how people share the witness in the in the New Testament times of Jesus? They told people what God did for them. That's it. And you can ask this question to open that door. You doing okay? That's all you got to ask. Are you doing okay? You know what that says? And you better mean it. It means you care. Well, that's nice to have somebody care. That's right. How many of you out there listening to my voice would just like a few people in your life to care a little bit more? Like, hey, how you doing? How's it really going? What's really taking place? And so uh, in doing that, you share then when you have that opportunity. How you doing? Are you doing okay? Oh, that's a tough time. And you and, and never put people down for being in different places. Just be yourself. Just like, oh, yeah, that's tough. People go through a lot of tough things, right? You can identify with some of them, not with all of them. With some of them, but you can always say, hey, and this is another question. Do you mind if I pray with you? Now, how many people have you asked if you could pray for them? How many people do you think would go, no, and then their head spins around and it pops off and they start bouncing? <laughs> I mean, it happened in a movie, but <laughs> I'm just saying. That doesn't happen. Just ask them. If they say no, say okay. Can I pray for you when we're not around? I mean, you can, it never ends if you keep asking questions. The reason I'm bringing this up is because all Philip did was ask him. Do you understand what you're reading? What if the guy said yes? Okay, then the conversation's over. It was the Holy Spirit that led him to walk alongside the carriage. He hears what the guy is saying, which means that he's doing something really unique. He's actually listening to what's going on. He's not got a preset agenda prior. He's listening. When the Holy Spirit said, go walk along the carriage, he didn't know what was going on. The guy could have been talking. I'm going to write a movie about somebody tra time traveling in a DeLorean. You don't know if he, we, nobody knows. But he was reading Isaiah. So he's like, oh, I'm reading from the prophet Isaiah. Hey, do you know what you're reading about? And the man's reply was genius because, again, question with a question, right? Yeah, well, you're not supposed to do it, except the Bible's filled with it. How can I know when there's no one to instruct me? And he asked Philip to come up into the carriage and sit with him. He's looking for help, man. He's looking for somebody to help him. You think, oh, that guy's he's way too powerful. And he was very powerful, by the way. And way too this and way too that. Everybody, every human being is looking for help. Everybody. I'm looking for help. What are you talking about? Every human being. It, the only person who didn't need help from us in that capacity was Jesus because he had such the dynamic relationship with the Father. It was a different that part was different because he was in a perfect relationship with the Father. And even in that, he surrounded himself with people. It's like, it's kind of... Listen, you don't have to be Billy Graham to share. 
you don't have to share like Billy Graham. I, I often say I don't think Billy Graham was Billy Graham in the sense that everybody has popped him up to somewhere where he didn't even want to be. Just ask people how they're doing. Be honest and tell them what Jesus did. Oh, I had that happen. Oh, the Lord answered a prayer for me in that. Do you know that speaks hope? I was talking to my son Joshua. It's really important. And he was like, he was telling me about a situation, and he said, you know, I, th- I was really down about it. It, it wasn't, uh, it, it didn't, you know, look like it was going to pan out. And then the next day, something came about, and it's like all of a sudden there was this this possibility that it could come about. He goes, man, he goes, I just got charged up. And he goes, I was like getting excited. And I said, well, do you know what that is? And he said, no. I said, that's hope. Hope, bringing hope into somebody's life charges them up, gives them, that's the same reason you said yes to Jesus. That's just what other people are looking for. Now, I know I've gone long on this one, but it's okay. You, you, you need to understand. You don't have to do this perfectly. You don't have to be brilliant. You don't have to be wise. Just care. Don't be a phony about it, okay? If you can't do it, then if you can't do it sincerely, don't do it, okay? In that, in that sense, people can spot a phony, especially younger people. I mean, I will give them credit. Besides being able to wear any color matching, matching or not matching socks that the post-millennials have enabled us to do, they also are well aware when people are, are spitting through their teeth. And it's just like that's you give them credit for that. Right? Just because somebody says it doesn't make it so. That's why actions are important too. The idea behind this is to understand, though, in this process, care about the person. Be genuine ask questions. You don't have to have everything prepared for an answer. Okay, so I got to close with this. So um, <clears throat> last night, Noel and I watched a show we had not watched before. And I'm not going to tell you what the show is, but the premise of the show was uh, this individual practiced uh, what they were going to encounter uh, like a thousand times, not th- like a hundred times. And so then they went through the encounter, and they were trying to say it's uh, it's perfect because I've practiced everything and so on and so forth. And then, of course, the human element comes into it, and it didn't, didn't turn out the way that they practice it. You don't have to practice anything. Just be yourself. Be available. Remember, just meditate on the great things God has done for you and care about other people. And the Lord will use you as he sees fit. You don't have to ever hit a quota. You don't ever have to witness. I have to witness to nine people in five hours, and that's my work. It's like, that's so weird. Stop that. That's not even, there's no scripture there anywhere that says that. Be yourself. Be a regular living Christian. The New Testament church, my, part of my thesis, part of my premise for my doctorate, is the New Testament church did not have witnessing programs. Sorry. Didn't exist. You know how they witnessed? They lived as Christians in community, and that was so powerful that people wanted to join. That's how they did it. They didn't go knocking door to door. I know you think, no, no. In fact, in about 20 years, they were all hiding behind the doors. So it's not how it went. And I'm, I'm passionately pleading with you to be a vessel of the Most High God and simply share. And you think, what's... You were doing all this expository, Dave, and then you went to this really practical method. And whatever gets you closer, that's what I'd say to you. Okay? Now I'm going to pray that the Lord will commission you. How about this? 
Yeah, we haven't done this before. This is fun. Let's pray. Father, we come before you right now. We thank you and praise you. We worship you. We are unworthy of the greatness of your message. You, The love you have for us is so incredible. It just sustains us. It keeps us going. And Lord, instead of being phony or weird about it, just help us to be a vessel to communicate that love by caring about others, asking how they're doing, checking in with them, encouraging them and offering them the things that you've done in our lives, offering those truths to them. Lord, we just present ourselves to you. Use us as you see fit to your honor and your glory in everything. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to the David Smoot Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas, taking a 22 and a half hour break. Then we'll come back. More insanity with Spoonanity. Talk to you then. The views expressed on the preceding program were those of the speakers and not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors.